The Journey by Mary Oliver. One day, you finally knew what you had to do and began. Though the voices around you kept shouting their bad advice through the whole house, though the whole house began to tremble and you felt the old tug at your ankles, mend your life. Each voice cried, but you didn't stop. You knew what you had to do, though the wind pried with its stiff fingers at the very foundations through their melancholy uh, was terrible. It was already late, though, and the wild night and the, and the road full of fallen branches and stones. But little by little, as you left their voices behind, the stars began to burn through the sheets of cloud, and there was a new voice, which you slowly recognized as your own, that kept you company as you strode deeper and deeper into the world, determined to do the only thing that you can do, determined to save the only life that you could save. We Unitarian Universalists often share time together reflecting on the paths that our spiritual journeys have taken. It's a tradition we share that honors the importance that we place on the process of spiritual growth over our lifetimes. Less often, however, do we reflect together on the present on what is calling us forward, the experiences that are attending the forming edges of our lives. Looking back, we can mark the times when our lives have opened up to more fullness, to more depth, to more wisdom. We see connections that we most likely would not have seen at the time. In fact, the journey into new meaningful territory often evolves out of truly unplanned circumstances. How is it then that we should move forward deliberately if our aim is to continue to grow and to flourish? Buddhist teacher Pima Chodron encourages us to lead our lives as an experiment. She says, when we approach life as an experiment, We're willing to try it this way and that way because either way, we have nothing to lose. Rather, we should take on a kind of open-ended inquisitiveness, a curiosity about where our actions are leading. Pima Chodron advises us to cultivate a strong enthusiasm that sustains us with heroic perseverance as we move forward the more we are able to bring enthusiasm and curiosity to our endeavors, the less likely we are to get distracted or stuck in either hopes or fears about outcomes. Perhaps you recognize from this description times when you have been experimental in your approach to your life. Perhaps life circumstances, strong passion or desire on your part or some mix of urgings was pushing you out of your comfort zone of your hopes and your fears and into an exploration that grew into a new way of being in the world. An experiment of mine took shape a number of years ago 
when I acted on a deep yearning to sing torch songs. It's true. Those timeless jazz standards out of the Broadway shows of the 40s and 50s. I was fascinated by the stories in those songs, but I also wanted to be the singer of those songs. I wanted to learn what does it take to bring those songs to life. I wasn't new to singing but my many years in the alto section of the church choir had not given me any real advantage here. Still, I had a deep love of this music and the singers who embodied it. I wanted to embody the experience of learning these songs in my voice and to let their stories of love live through me. Well, taking on this experiment was not going to happen without some struggle. There were certainly some personal fears at play. Fear of humiliation, fear of fainting, to name just a couple. But once begun, my enthusiasm was unwavering. I resolved to let my love and my fear face off within me, and I trusted that love was going to prevail. I joined the informal community of amateur and aspiring singers who know the small clubs in New York City where you can show up, give the piano players some sheet music and a tempo, and then sing. Just one or two songs on any given night. Anyone with the will to sing can have their turn. Polish was not a requirement, although it certainly could be hoped for. It was more about heart, getting to the heart of the song, getting into your heart as the singer of the song. Now I look back on that time as a way station on my path to ministry. I was discovering my voice and my sense of presence. I was stepping out boldly in a new direction in my life, but without any destination, certainly not ministry in mind. My intention was more in line with Pima Children's advice. I was following wholeheartedly and enthusiastically where my experiment was leading. This experiment was full of learning. A singer first has to love her own voice enough to share it. Self-love is necessary to be fully present when we join the world, but it is a hurdle to get over. One of my best teachers simply said, Francis, it is not the best singers who are out there singing. It's the ones who want to sing and show up. Willingness to show up is an act of generosity to bring your whole self and your talents just as they are, to play and to create with others. That self-giving is how we love relationships and projects into their fullness. We inspire each other with our boldness and our determination and our uniqueness. Performing torch songs in public venues was a pursuit that I was ultimately ill-suited for. 
the free flow of voice up and down the scales, in and out of tempos, all the while telling a story. I am truly a much better admirer of this art than a performer. But what I gained from my efforts at its mastery suited me very well. Singing these songs took on the revelation of scripture for me and changed my view of human need. I was won over to know without a doubt that yearning after love is as fundamental to our lives as the beating of our hearts. We struggle with love, we resist it, we rush headlong towards it. In all the ways that love tugs at us, it is our deepest motivator. How we experience love is perhaps the closest we can come in our lives to touching the divine. When we take up the cause of love with our whole hearts, with our curiosity and our enthusiasm, our willingness to risk failure in order to create the world anew then becomes emboldened and alive with possibilities. I left out one part of my story that's also relevant to our journeys. We singers were there for each other. There was no singer's covenant, and I know there were some who only showed up to take what they could get for themselves. But on the whole, we acted as a community of goodwill and accountability for each other. We were kind, even as we were honest. We looked on warmly as each other sang. We shared resources. We held each other's self-critiques gently and offered encouragement. We understood that we were all engaged in the same love labor, each in our own ways. We gathered to take care of the singers as well as the songs. Such commitment to each other we can live into in our own personal experiments as well. Our experiments intertwine. Our journeys are never alone. What a gift we receive when we listen to each other sing. In a singer's workshop at my congregation, a woman, Peggy, in her late 70s, stood to take her turn. I mainly knew her for her life in social justice. She asked the pianist for hymn 108 and sang these words in a voice all her own and deeply true. My life flows on an endless song above earth's lamentations. I hear the real, though far-off hymn that hails a new creation. Through all the tumult and the strife, I hear the music ringing. It sounds an echo in my soul. How can I keep from singing? These strong words are good. And I think it would be great for us to sing them now. Hymn 108.
these days, some people still ask me, hey, are you still singing? I smile and I answer, oh, yes, but it's a little bit different now. Like those who have gone before us, it is our task in congregations to breathe life into our traditions, words of love, just like breathing life into the words of a song. And we have a new age to sing into. We're learning how to interpret the songs of this day and for this day. The Reverend Forrest Church said, there are three questions we must answer if we find ourselves standing someday at love's tribunal. Do you love yourself? Do you love your neighbor? Do you love God? Or whatever you call the life force that is greater than all, yet present in all. He reminds us of the multiple dimensions of love, the eros of our passions, the filial love of fellowship, the agape, the universal love that holds all creation. For Forest Church, an affirmative response to these questions, do you love yourself? Do you love your neighbor? Do you love God? Is the ultimate source of life satisfaction and peace. Loving, like singing, is about staying fully involved and connected in our present moment with ourselves and with each other and with our sense of that which is greater than ourselves, that which affirms life, that which is at work in our lives. To grow our own experiments in love, we have three tasks to approach wholeheartedly, with curiosity, with enthusiasm, with heroic perseverance. If you'll let me continue my metaphor of singing, first, we have to each come to know the songs we are singing to ourselves, the songs we each hum in our hearts. Those ever-present tunes within us shape what we will find resonant, resonant in the world. What do you need to turn your songs into love songs? Some of us hunger for more hope. Some of us hunger for healing. Most of us need more self-compassion to open our hearts more fully. Notice what you hum to yourself. Resolve to affirm life with your own personal singing. Second, we have to practice singing to each other and with each other. Sharon Welch, provost of our theological school, Meadville Lombard, Sharon Welch has written about activist communities through the lens of jazz, and she says we must learn to listen to each other's boldness to listen to each other's energy and expertise, not to replicate it, but to be inspired to our own boldness. She says this is how we develop respect for each other and learn to listen to each other deeply. Making music together is sometimes harmonious, but more often it's rather intensely dissonant. As our choir can tell us, learning to sing together harmoniously takes much practice. In practicing, 
We have opportunities to experiment with finding our resolution together. And in the fellowship of each other, we learn how to listen and sing in harmony rather than singing alone. And third, by listening to ourselves and listening to each other, we will better know where we are called to bring our songs out into the streets. Again, naming where we feel resonant becomes important. Where are the songs in our community that we want to join with and sing loudly together in experiments of solidarity? And where are the dissonant chords in our society that we feel emboldened to lean into with our own notes of love and justice, keeping a steady beat as we move forward until we can make a new day? We are in a time of persistent and rapid change in our individual lives, and in our society. What we may have hoped for yesterday may appear irrelevant today. This is not necessarily due to loss, because innovation, as well as losses, change our hopes and expectations. But there are fears, fears that we hold about rapid change. And here is where we need Pima Children's advice more than ever to stay open-minded, to stay open-hearted, curious, and enthusiastically choosing life. This is our aim if we are to stay spiritually well, even as our destination is uncertain. To breathe and live fully into the present keeps us alive to the possibilities that we cannot predict. May it be so.